Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I sound groggy. I just got off the table. Yeah, the massage therapist treatment. got a massage. I don't think she was registered. <laughs> I don't think she was registered at all. I went to a place and because uh, I'm, I'm I'm in desperate need. And you think for someone that knows this many fucking massage therapists, it'd be easy to find someone? Nope, not at all. So I went to one place. Do you have any appointments today? No, sorry, we're fully booked, sir. And I was kind of happy because the place smelled like food. So I'm like, I don't want to be in there. Then I went to another place. Uh, can I get an appointment today? No, we can have one tomorrow. I'm like, no, I, I kind of want one today. Like, that's why I'm here. I'm not here to get one tomorrow. I'm here to get one today. So I went to this other place that I know that exists that probably has really bad therapists, hence they're Free. always available. And then I got yeah. there. Do you have insurance? I'm like, no. Okay, well, this is the price and uh, we can see you right away. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure I just got rubbed up by someone that... And then I, I was like, because I got this thing going on. <laughs> And I'm like, can you just work on this? She's like, oh, but I want to do this, this, this. And I'm like, can you please just fucking do what I'm asking right now, please? And it's not until I said, I'm a massage therapist and I'm also a kinesiologist. Can you just fucking comply for a little bit? And then she's like, oh, okay, okay, yes, sorry, yes, I'll, I'll help. Anyway. I'm sitting over here trying not to be offended when he's be like, offended. when he's like, uh, for a massage therapist, you think I know tons of massage therapists. I did offer to come in an it's hour early and different. treat you. It's different. It's never, it's never, it's, it's. No, I know. And I am not the person that you can say, can you just fucking comply? Because then I'm just going to get angry and step on you and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be nice. Don't you have this problem as a sort of an RMT? My biggest concern is anybody who's available the day I need them yep. is never going to be a good massage. You think so? so? It's always the way 100%. it is? 100%. You can't... Yeah, the good ones are always booked, so... Unless there's a last-minute cancellation. I've been lucky a couple times where somebody just happens to have an opening because there was a cancellation. That can happen. That can happen. It's rare, especially when you're in crisis and need it. That's true. Whenever you need something, that's when you can't find it. It's like, you know when you can always find... <laughs> this is the dumbest example, but I can always find stamps. I have fucking stamps everywhere. The Why time I need to everywhere? mail a letter, not a single stamp around. Why do you have stamps everywhere? Because I forget that, or I lose them, and then I buy more, and then I forget that I have them, and then I buy more, and then now I'm just left with all these stamps that I won't be able to find when I need them. Before we do formal intros, do you do you mail stuff? Do you snail mail stuff? Well, I do. I do Christmas cards still. Really? Yeah, to clients. Now I'm offended again. Only she because never, I have she to. never said, oh no, I'm not a client. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she never sends me a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So fine. Okay, fair. Fair enough. All right, let's do this up proper. All right, let's do that. Hey, everyone, it's Amanda, and it's a Monday. This is like the second week in a row, I think, we're doing a Monday night. Something like this that. This is wild. Summertime, nothing, no rules. You're looking good. You're looking all summery. Yeah. Thank you. You know, you can only wear this one season. Really? So I thought I'd put on my pretty pink jacket and uh, wear it again because this will be the third time I've worn it and I've got like one more month and then it's over. <laughs> you can't sport that color all the time? I don't know. I don't know anything about... No. Look at me. What the fuck do I know about fashion? <laughs> I can't even wear this again next summer. Like it's, it was in this summer. You can't do it two summers in a row. It's know. out. The stuff, I, the stuff I don't know. Don't look at me. Like I definitely do not follow trends at all. I just wear what I want to wear and sometimes it happens to be what's on trend and I'm like, cool, I'm cool. But most of the time, not. I feel like because because I'm I, I'm getting to be a, a certain age, and I hang out with a bunch of young folk. Like uh -huh. cause we teach a lot of courses that that it's like, oh, you I, I like what you're wearing. Someone will tell me, I'm like, this is like so fucking old. It's not, I guess it's done a full circle and it's it's back to be cool. Yeah, again. you know how like, I mean, she's she's wearing them. She's wearing wide leg jeans. Wide leg jeans are cool again, right? And so somebody Someone said to told Mark, me, cool jeans. You got cool jeans. And so I'm he like, called me and told me. He's like, somebody said I have cool jeans. I said, was she like 20? He goes, yeah. I'm like, yep. Then it means your jeans are cool. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's so cool about them, but I've been sporting these for decades, probably. I have been dreaming of the day when these jeans come back in. Love the wide leg. And I'm, I'm wearing tight stuff today, so I'm very uncool, but that's okay. Let's introduce our guest. So we yep. have Betty on our couch today, who Betty. is an inactive massage therapist. And Mark had this great stoned idea last night. You know how he has those. He said, why don't we get Betty to come on? Because Betty went to school as a second career for massage therapy, like later while in still life. doing her other freaking While gig. still working in real estate. And uh, I think she did practice for a little bit and then Hot went minute. inactive. But yeah, it was like a very, it was a short period of time. But in that period of time, like when you were in it, you were in it. I mean, she would even come to me for treatment and she would talk to me about like the way muscles work and the types of therapy she was doing and practicing. And so like you were in it. Oh, 100%. And then, and then you just weren't. Love it. Never stop loving it. I just can't do four walls. Mm. 
Okay. Right. I mean, I had I had my massage table set up in my house. So I was seeing people in my house. I covered for somebody when they had surgery and I covered the, for them for about four months. And um, I just realized that I just can't do this as an ongoing thing. Right. And because I was still working in real estate full time, which is also another passion of mine, that just kind of took over. So I kept my license for a couple of years. Mm. And then when I really stopped practicing, I just, I parked it. But I still, I have it parked. Mm. I don't want to give it up. Why not? There was always a dream of opening a clinic and doing massage therapy and laser therapy. Right. Because I have, you know, because I was an athlete when I was younger, I just always lived with pain. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I took care of other people's pain. Mm. My mom developed really bad back pain. It is not doing well. Um, and, you know, my friend who was a massage therapist, I don't know if I ever introduced you guys to Jeffrey. I met Jeffrey. He switched from massage after 20 years of massage therapy. Um, one of his patients or was a um, MD mm. who said, I heard about this laser therapy. Come take this course with me and let's look into it together. Bought the machine for him to use in his clinic on the agreement that he would treat any of her patients who could not afford it. Mm. He would treat them for free. And he, she bought this $24,000 machine for him and that's how it that's began. And then he discovered he was getting more results from the Bioflex laser therapy machine than right. he was from massage therapy. So then he acquired a second and a third and a fourth machine. And then he went to Germany and discovered all the different uh, light therapies they were doing there. Mm. Got those machines. There was a $70,000 machine he brought from Germany. Oh, wow. He's now retired in Uruguay. I know before you got here, like off mic, Betty was saying to me, you should look into laser. Like you just, you can, you know, make six figures and just retire. <laughs> I'm like this, this sounds interesting. Now I'll keep podcasting for now. <laughs> yeah. So what, what made you want to do? I, let's, I want, let's start from the beginning, yeah. really. Let's find out about this whole thing. Like how do you decide? Cause I mean, when a successful when you real took, estate practice. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I like, mean, you were supporting four freaking children. So it's not like you weren't making money in real estate. You always seemed happy to be doing it. I mean, you love talking to people. You love your clients. They get Christmas cards. I don't, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but do they do they what made you decide I like I, I'm pretty certain if I remember correctly when you were doing massage like I was pregnant so I mean you were this this was not like an early in life kind of thing so let's say it was 11 years ago it was 11 I think years. I was 48 when um I decided so how does a 48 year old who's got her life together decide I just want to take massage. I want to be a massage therapist. Like, how does that even happen? So, because I actually decided to lease the machine, the Bioflex laser, it actually started with Bioflex laser therapy. Mm. Oh, I didn't even know that. It, Yeah, it did. So I went and took the course one weekend and everybody in the room, they're like, okay, in, in introducing themselves during the course and everyone's going, yes, I'm a physiotherapist. Yes, I'm a, a chiropractor. Yes, I'm like holistic. And then they're like, and you, Betty? I'm like, I'm a real estate agent. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so I take the course that weekend yeah. and I realize I need to know a lot more anatomy if I'm actually going to do this. Because Jeffrey had people in Scarborough who didn't want to drive out to Oshawa to be treated. Right. And he's like, I could be referring people to you because he knew I had a huge interest in massage therapy. When mm -hmm. he um, was hurting, he needed two hip operations. But prior to him being so bad of getting those operations, I said, Jeffrey, I'm really good with my hands. Just let me massage you. Yep. And when I did, he's like, holy crap, you're really good at this. This is the best anyone's ever like I go to massage therapists and this is so it began there and then we would started exchanging massages and then he got into laser and he said you know why don't you I don't want to get off that but I don't want to lose my thoughts I, I smoke too much drugs and I forget things and I might have already forgotten it unbelievable are you kidding me I mean I have something to say if you're gonna go think for about it. it for a little while I just want to tell a little story because you said I don't know if I've ever introduced That's you to Jeffrey so here's an interesting fact of, okay you go no. first it's back. you will forget do you think that innate massage stuff that you were doing 
and that Jeffrey's like, this is the best I've ever had. And I go to therapists. Do you think massage therapy school can fuck that up for someone that's got like some innate skill? And then they go and they learn all this other shit. And you have some Yahoo teacher saying, it's got to be done like this because this is how we're examining you and blah, 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 blah. Do you think that that kind of can can take away from? Well, it's really interesting you should say that because right after I got out of school, Jeffrey went, this is shit. Mm. As soon as I massaged him again, he's like, what the hell? When, what the fuck are you doing? When, when, <laughs> when you were doing the post-school stuff, were you happy with the work you were doing, the body work you were doing? Did you kind of know, like, this is really different than what I was normally doing? Like, did you think you were doing good work when you were, when you were doing that after school? Um, that's a really good question, too. So uh, I feel like Jeffrey um, taught in, I don't know, one of the Peterborough schools and so I feel like when he taught me, because I'd had massages from him since I was 32, I felt like I knew how to massage. Right. Though I didn't know the names of the muscles, I just knew innately how to massage. Yep. And then when I come out of school and it's like, start with like the glide yeah. and then do the F back and then and the, this, this, and this yeah. yeah, and do this and do that and don't do this. And then um, I did not feel like I was as good a massage therapist mm. because I was following a protocol or, um, you know, a system taught right. to me outside. And I don't think it teaches the innate ability to feel when a muscle needs to be treated differently than the other muscles. Right. And case in point, I felt like the majority of the people I was in school with didn't understand that if you roll over a muscle and you know that it is tight or in a knot, you need to stay on it until it goes away. Mm. And to this day, most people don't do that. They move on. They they do it three or four strokes and they move on to the next stroke or they move on to the next location. It almost or, feels like they're too busy timing their routine to, the, to match whatever time frame that you booked your appointment for. Do you yeah. think that has to do with the curriculum or the instructor? I did, I'm just asking because I, I don't think I felt that way when I was in massage school that there was so much protocol, but do you think that has to do with the instructor or do you think that we are all taught that way? Part of it is I think most massage therapists, and I'm, I actually don't know this as true, this is me theorizing, right. that they feel like they have to treat the entire body. Mm. And um, when I would see Jeffrey, he would only treat the areas, like literally he would probably spend the majority of time just my back and neck. And he would do no other part of your body if it didn't need to be done. Mm. If you did not have pain anywhere else, it didn't get touched. Interesting. So, you know, if it required it, to treat the area that was the problem. In other words, it was low back and he had to do glutes or ham. He would do glutes, ham, low back, upper shoulders. But if that wasn't the issue, he wasn't going there. I, I think it does have a lot to do with, I don't know if it's so much your teachers, but the way the way it's designed, the, the way the classroom's designed, the way the examinations are designed. Right. That you don't, you don't listen to your hands when they're on a body. You're just like, oh, well, I've got this exam and it's going to be on frozen shoulder. So I got to make sure I include this, this muscle protocol, and this muscle yeah. and this muscle. And I do this type of technique, this muscle. And I do these types of joint moves. And regardless of, of whatever's happening, because you're dealing with someone that doesn't have the problem, right? It's just, hey, here's the scenario of the exam. Yeah, because and you, teaching, you know, teaching intuition is not objective. So you have to give something objective that you can you can examine your students on so you end up getting right. protocols but i mean I, I felt like there was still a degree of critical thinking and there was people who had just really good hands and really good technique versus people who were just like now i'm effleuraging now i'm kneading now i'm palmer kneading now i'm knuckle kneading now i'm stripping now you know what i mean like there was that kind of feel when you were getting treatment from classmates and then there was people who like their hands would just work they were still technically following um protocols they were still going with massage principles but they weren't like going technique 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 so i feel like the majority of people and if you have an athletic background i feel like you have an innate ability to know what muscles need to be massaged if they're in injury or if they're in spasm or whatever but apart from that i find that um, most massage therapists feel like they've got to treat the entire body and mm. they treat everyone the same they're not actually looking for a tight muscle. 
they're doing five minutes on low back, they're doing five minutes on upper back on the right side, and then they're going to do five minutes on low back on the left and five minutes on upper on the right. Like, you know, like they just, they have their body routine Mm -hmm. and they execute it and that's it. They're not actually therapists. They're just massage people. Yeah. And I I mean, I'm sure that we've all encountered those types of people, but I, it, it was interesting to hear you say that because I didn't, I didn't really feel that way. In fact, I want to get to my Jeffrey story, but I will say this when I, the first job I ever took, um, when I became a massage therapist, I was so green. I felt like I know nothing. Everybody else knows everything. Like, no one knows I, anything. you know what I mean? Like in that moment, I felt like, what do I know? Especially me. And I remember going for an interview at a clinic that I so badly wanted to work at. Like this was the one I'd been to so many interviews. I'd been offered job for some reason. This was the one that I was like, yes, I am going to get a job here. It was actually where I used to treat you like way, way back, like okay, yeah, 12 years ago. Yeah. Nothing special about that place, but I just got a feeling like I want to be here. And when I went there, the therapist that was there at the time, she was going to be moving out of the country. So she was actually doing active interviews, which previously I had said like, fuck that, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going around to a bunch of places and massaging a bunch of clinic owners who are like chiropractors and physios. I'm like, what are you going to tell from me doing a 20 minute demo on you? That was just my mentality at the time. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. But this particular therapist, the way she phrased it to me, she said, I'm leaving. I know that my clients have been treating them for five years. I know how I treat them. I would like you to come in. I will tell you about my concerns, whatever. I just want to see how you approach it because I know my clients and I know what they need. And I was like, see, you make sense to me. I will massage you. So I went in there and she tells me her stuff and I do my thing. And she, she actually stopped me partway through the interview. And she said, that's enough. You're the one that's it. You're, and I, I was like, that's it. Like I probably treated her for like 12 minutes and she's like, no, you're the one. And she said, it's your focus. And then we started having this conversation and I was like, well, I don't typically do full body treatments unless someone needs a full body treatment. And she said to me, she goes, I find that I do more full body treatments than not because she said, I feel like when the patients come in, that's what they expect. And that's what they want is a full body. And I was like, interesting. This is my first job. How would I know what patients mm. want? But I said, in student clinic, I don't feel like I was ever doing a full body treatment because when I was in student clinic, someone would come in and I was like, I want to do all the assessments. I wanted, you know, I wanted to actually go through everything. So I was doing, you know, some maybe working on somebody's shoulder and their arm and their wrist. And like, that was it. And we never got to their lower body. So it was interesting that you felt that massage therapists feel like they need to do the full body. Before you do your Jeffrey story, how do you feel about an active interview? How do you feel about performing a massage for somebody in order to score the job there? I think it's brilliant. Why do you think it's brilliant? Because you said something really interesting. You said the person that you were replacing knows what her clients need and she wants to see that you can deliver on that. Right? To me, that's really different. It's like if I hand someone sheet music, yes, I mean, there's notes there, there's melody there, there's timing there, but then there's also your interpretation of this sheet of music. We're all reading the same sheet of music, but it's going to sound a little bit different when you sing it or play the instrument, when I sing and play the instrument. So I'm curious as to, because to me, an active interview, I don't know what you're looking, it depends on what you're looking for. Are we just looking that you can read the music or are you looking for something else? But why, why why do you think it's brilliant? So if I have a client that I'm referring and they've got to go buy real estate in Ottawa and I start phoning and interviewing real estate agents. Yep. My client likes how I do real estate. Okay. They like my knowledge, my expertise, how I handle situations, the advice I give, and how I communicate. Okay. I need to find somebody in a different location who is me, a version of me. And it's the same thing. She's been treating people who she cares about, who mm-hmm. come to her on a regular basis. She knows their bodies and their expectation and they come to her for a reason because mm-hmm. she's her right? and she treats the way she treats. She doesn't just want to hand them to anybody. Yeah, It's just the added level of care that she feels a responsibility to find somebody of quality who will treat her clients on the same level with the same expertise, with the same intuition that she has because there are, you know, not everybody passes massage school with an A. That's that's absolutely true. And some of the people who don't pass with an A or who barely pass or who failed their board exams almost three times 
end up being the fucking greatest therapist. Yeah. Yes. Like, and that's why like I do in certain circumstances, I, I understand an active interview. And as I said, her reasoning for wanting the active interview made sense to me. Whereas there was another place I went and it was, I think it was a chiropractor, a couple physios, and I think there might've even been a medical doctor. It was a bunch okay. of, a bunch of guys opening up this really big, this place was beautiful. It was downtown Toronto, this big professional medical center. And they were going to have all these different practitioners, this massive multidisciplinary place with referrals and blah, 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 blah. But at the time they weren't open. And what they said to me is like, okay, we did the the talking interview. Um, I didn't get a really great vibe from them even in the talking interview. So that might have affected my decision. But they said, well, the next phase then after this would be like you give a massage to one of our teams. So either one of the chiros, the physios or the medical doctor. And I said, like, but why? Your subjective interpretation of what I'm doing, that that's how you're going to determine but if maybe, I should be the massage therapist here. I, and I'm just going to. And it might be that you're looking for something specific because it's your clinic and you can do that, but I don't want to be part of that. I get it. I'm just going to be devil's advocate. Maybe they're just, maybe they're just looking for that same piece of stuff. Like maybe it's not, I need a clone here. Maybe it's like, I want to hear that the communication is there. I want to hear the, the, the attention to the client is there. I want to see a certain amount of focus coming from the therapist. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to see these types of details. Maybe it's not. And I'm like, sure I, there's you know I mean? lots of places that that's I mean, the, that, that that's the motive. But if that's the case, then can a physio kind of give that type of information? information or a medical doctor sure you can i can kind of figure out like mm, are, are, are you are you patient-centered are you an egomaniac like what's the deal here like i don't know I, i'm just talking shit it was too random though yeah. like i mean seriously like it's not like they're passing over clients and they want the client to be treated the way they've been treated for x number hmm. like it does not make sense it to felt me very random and that's why i said no it just no, felt I get like it. I, it's I like a casting you. call i wouldn't like, yeah. i wouldn't do well, well i wouldn't i wouldn't do it either for for just some yahoo like that no. there's a couple scenarios in which i would do an active interview only a couple one i really really fucking want this job i really want this job like i go in there i love the place i love the people i'm like this is the barrier for that i got across for me to work here fine i'll swallow that and two, I get paid for it. I think that's reasonable, right? I think it's yes. reasonable if you're going to give time, even if it's for an interview, I'm still giving time mm-hmm. and therefore I should be compensated. And the way I would approach that is you want me to treat you. Well, I won't do it for free the same way if I work here, you probably wouldn't want me giving it away for free. Like, so in other words, like this stuff is not for free. If it was a full treatment, definitely. Um, I look at this as like an audition. On audition, you're not, you know, performing the whole play. You're doing a monologue. So when this therapist that was leaving the country asked me to do this active interview, I was very clear about that where it was like, I will, I will do, you know, like a 20 minute, I'm not going to give you a 60 minute treatment, but I will, right. I will give you 20 minutes to show you what what type of therapy. What if the audition had a second calling? Okay, come back, come back. You're, you're, you're in the, you're in the running still. We're going to, we're going to, I want to see you perform a different scene this time. I want to see you do. Am I being hired by like Snoop Dogg? I mean, am I going to get paid really well at the end of this? Maybe. So the whole audition mindset stops at a certain point. At a certain point. Yes. Anyway, I do want to tell the Jeffrey story because I will forget. So I, I didn't know that you and Jeffrey were friends before. I didn't know anything. All I is knew Jeffrey is Jeffrey tall. He sounds tall. No, yeah, no, he's not. He's he's actually he's a pretty <laughs> small dude. Five seven, five eight. Yeah, he's tall a pretty next to me. He's man. a slight guy. Okay. He's yeah. He's he's a pretty small guy. But many 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 years ago, um, when your second daughter and I, who were um, BFFs for a long time, I was over at your place, and Jeffrey was coming over to treat. I think her and you like it was a double and so her and I think had gone to the gym or we'd gone for a run anyway so I meet Jeffrey and at the time I was in massage school but I was like brand new right but I have a degree in kinesiology so I had like confidence when it came to anatomy and so when I when he comes in he's setting up his table and um your daughter says to him oh Amanda's in massage school he starts quizzing me on the spot he's like what do you do in this situation and I remember one of the things was he goes well um, what do you do if a muscle's tight? And I said, Jeffrey, I'm going to need more. In- I said, Jeffrey, I'm going to need more information on that. He goes, well, what information do you need? I said, is this muscle tight because it's short? Is this muscle tight because it's weak? Is this muscle tight? Be-? And then I just started going through all these things and he goes, you pass. It's like, okay, cool. I pass. But I was like brand, brand new in massage school. And I was like, oh my God, he's testing me. Anyway, I I think I left. I saw maybe two minutes of his treatment and mm-hmm. then I I left. And then later on, when Betty was in massage school, I don't know if you know this. I don't know anything. Um, 
she, as she said, she lives with pain. She was an athlete when she was a teenager. Yeah. So she actually used to come for treatment with me sometimes. And then it got to the point where she said, if you want, um, I can treat you. Because she's like, who treats you? And I was like, well, definitely not Mark. So she, <laughs> she said, if you want, I can treat you. So one time I said, okay, let's set it up. And we did a trade at my office. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, you should actually do this. Like it was a really, really good treatment. And she was like, just brand new in massage school probably. And we did this for a couple of months. She would come, I would treat her and she would treat, it even got to a point where there were certain things that I would do. She's like, oh, that's an Amanda move. You always do that. Like when I was treating her low back, she's like, yeah, that's that's a very you move. But I never noticed if your treatments changed as you got through school longer. I, d- I didn't feel that way. I mean, Jeffrey probably had way more treatments from you, but I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like you were getting worse. I still felt like I got what I needed when you came to treat me. I still think I was a good massage therapist. I, you know, before going to school, I was a Jeffrey clone. I treated people the way Jeffrey treated me. I mm-hmm. did you know, he didn't use forearms. He didn't believe in forearms. He didn't use elbows unless it was absolutely necessary on like glutes. And so I was a Jeffrey clone in his system, in his timing, in the rhythm Mm. and all of that. Coming out of school, you know, I just had a lot more experience and I was developing my own systems. And I just remember, you know, when I first touched his low back, the way I always did before, he was like, too fast, (laughs) slow down. You know, he's very to the point and he tells you exactly how he wants to be treated. He's not afraid to communicate Mm. and stuff like that. He has, he has gotten off tables of other therapists when he's like, you're shit <laughs> in the middle of a <laughs> wow. treatment. Like, I don't think he's like, I, I forget it. Would you do that? If you didn't like what was going on in the moment, would you just like, let's just stop this. I've never gotten off the table. And I have plenty of times not liked uh, a treatment because then I just become Zen with it. I'm like, all right, I'm just getting a rub down. Like mm. this is not an actual theory therapeutic massage they really don't know how they don't have a rhythm like it it wasn't i've never had a terrible terrible massage terrible there's always some benefit on some level and then i just have to let go of my expectation of what it was going to be and allow it just to be whatever it is even if i just get a snooze and for me in those moments when i decide to let it go and just be like okay this is just not what i would do Right. This is not necessarily what I expected. And most times I'm very pleased by it. Not in the moment. I fucking hate it when it's happening. (laughs) But the end result, I'm actually quite pleased with. It's a really weird thing. It took me a long time to just be like, this is not what I would do. This is not what I do. This is not how I'd approach this. This is not how I've ever seen anyone approach this. But I'm just going to go with it. And I'm going to just, I'm just going to go with it. And I fucking hate it while it's happening. But then I get off the table and the next day I'm like, hmm pleasantly fucking surprised Ah. i feel fucking fabulous and so once that's happened a couple times with me i'm like i don't even judge it anymore like this lady that 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 messed around with me today the the most fucking rough awkward (laughs) like do you know what i mean thing and i was like i would not do anything same thoughts and i'm just like i'm just gonna go with this let's just go with it yeah and i went with it and i got off the table and i'm like hmm i feel pretty fucking good and I don't know if I would feel like this if I got what I expected, so I just learned to kind of go with it. But yeah, I, I, I like yeah. the I like the ballsiness of like fuck this, I'm getting off the table. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it, man. I wait or take do my it. steak back. I am way too like this is a scenario way of being nice. nice. I am way too nice. I could not like I remember I've told the story before on a different episode, but I went to get a treatment one time. This guy was. Literally, he had so much oil on me, Mark. It was splashing okay. <laughs> into my hair. But now it's splashing. But now it comes down to what are you paying for? Are you paying for someone to do exactly what you want them to do? Or are you paying for that person to do what they think they should be doing in those moments? I mean, it's both. And the truth is, I'm going to pay the person for their time regardless. That is the risk you take when you do so- like massage is both healthcare and service. But I mean, even if it's just healthcare, it's like you go to a chiropractor and you may realize after a few adjustments, this is not the chiropractor for me. It's the risk you take. Right. And I'm going to pay that chiropractor for their time because there's a lot of other patients that might like the way they treat. I didn't. 
massage is the same. I go to someone for a massage and if I'm like, wow, you suck, I don't have to tell them they suck. <laughs> I just won't come back. Exactly. And other yeah. people might think they're great. Other people might want oil splashed at them. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> literally <laughs> splashing me. <laughs> Hitting the walls. But I do remember one time, actually, uh, you came in to get treatment here and you brought your granddaughter. I think she was in a car Madeline? accident. Yeah. yeah. And you guys both came for treatment. And I remember at the time you were saying you were really sensitive in certain muscles. And you said, I just need you to like go easy on them because I'm really sensitive. I'll I don't want you back. putting I don't want you putting a lot of pressure and whatever yeah. and whatever. So I'm working on these areas and you were telling me that you had been to other therapists. You're like, they just they feel something tight and they just rip through it. And then I remember you saying to me, muscles don't work that way. And I kept thinking about that because I'm like, interesting. Like when you were saying about the school and how um, when you went to school, you just kind of, you know, you follow, this is what we do and this is how we do it. But people do need to be a little more intuitive. There's certain times where something is tight, but it you're not supposed to be ripping right through it. You're going to end up with a patient who's in pain tomorrow and isn't coming back. So whether you splash oil in their hair or rip through muscles that are way too tight, there's a level of intuition that exists. And all of my science friends that listen here hate when I say that, but there is a level of intuition that exists in knowing that this right now, I might want to use a ton of pressure. I might want to drop an elbow in, but it's not what this patient needs right now. And it's not what this muscle needs right now. And I'm, I'm not going to do that. Well, it's interesting because I feel like I went to the school of Jeffrey and then I went to school. And there are certain things that he s said to me that stay with me and that, um, and the, there's a couple, one is warm up the muscle before you go in to get rid of that trigger point. Like, don't just go after it. Like you have to, and it's in keeping with what we're taught as well, but I don't think enough people understand that you really need to break down the layers before you dig deep, right? You don't just go deep. Right. Somebody Start with a certain level dropping an elbow and then flushing like it really is super important to flush. So I have a super sensitive body and I will get pick kickback if you go in too hard, too fast and then don't flush. I just I end up in spasm, you know, if the treatment is not done properly. So I'm really sensitive to that. And he also said elbows and forearms don't have enough nervous nerve endings in it to be able to tell what's going on in the muscle as you go over top of it. So, you know, your fingers are the most sensitive thing mm. to actually feel the trigger points and the muscles and what needs, you know, extra pressure and your forearms and your elbows don't, you cannot tell. So, you know, just be really conscious. But I used to always go into every treatment session saying I don't use forearms or elbows because they often would cause the kickback in my body. But I don't even say that anymore. So what do you think about like a, like a tool then, like a, like a, like a grass and like a scraping tool? where you don't feel a fucking thing. You're just scraping away. I've never had that done. That looks scary. Mm. Is it? I've heard really good things about it. I've never experienced it. I think with anything though, like- I mean, it could be applied I, gently. It doesn't yes. have to be applied aggressively. But, but whether you're using tools or cups or forearms or elbows, sensory thing. Those, are, those are actually meant to be used after you've actually assessed and palpated and you've used your hands. Because yeah, absolutely. There's no way that I can go in with my forearm and feel what's going on. Um, you, you have to- palpate first and know what's happening and then if yeah. you need to use a tool like i use cups all the time i've used a scraping tool i Love like cups. i i use these things but i don't just start putting things on without feeling around first because yeah i need to know what's happening i remember the first time we were taught skin rolling in school and i thought it was the most stupid thing i'd ever heard of and then i went home and went oh my god this is amazing like <laughs> the way my body felt afterwards was incredible. I'm like, oh my, this is real. So I was in first year university living in a dorm and my neighbor in the dorm, she was really young because we were in that year, like we were the older of the double cohort year. So I had OAC. So a lot of the people starting university with me were like 17 and 18, which is normal now. Right. But I felt so old. I was 19. And my neighbor was, she had a late birthday and she was the younger of the double cohort. So she was only 17 years old. And this poor girl was like trying so hard to make friends with everybody and impress everybody. But it was like really over the top. And I understand why. She was young. She wasn't allowed to go out to the bar. She wasn't allowed to drink, you know? And so one day we were all hanging out in her room and she tells everyone, oh, my aunt is a massage therapist and she taught me some things. So anyway, she's doing skin rolling. 
on all these people. And you just see the anger in some of these uh, girls' faces that lived on our floor. They were like, why are you doing this? This is horrible. And so she tries it on me. And I remember just sitting there and I was like, this is fucking magic. Like, I just thought it was so great. I was like, I don't see what you guys are complaining about. This is wonderful. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> and then years later, I go to massage school. I'm like, oh, she wasn't full of shit. This is a real thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. But back to how I got into it. So, yeah, what was the game plan? So I'm in real estate. Yeah. Everybody's grown up now. I think David at the time was probably 15 or 16. Like there were no more children to be raised. Okay. David, was David's at the youngest of four children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Day, yeah. And Sarah was at, off at university. Catherine was, you know, out. Margaret and Catherine were off having babies, I think at that point yep. or close to it. And I've always wanted to have my own business. And you guys started going to massage therapy school and we were having conversations about that. And then Jeffrey said, you know, get one of those laser machines. And because I was always in pain, like every joint in my body, Hmm. I was overweight and I have hyperbole joints and I was an athlete, a gymnast and a dancer. I was in constant pain. It was just the way I woke up every day. So I went and did the course and then I thought I need to know more anatomy. Mm -hmm. And Tabitha said, why don't you just come and check this out? So I called to just to have an interview and I started a week later. Like I remember (laughs) I was like, like I called on exactly how it goes. (laughs) And I can't remember the the gentleman I was sitting with. He's like, yeah, we start on Monday. I'm like, (laughs) uh, okay. And that was it. I I worked full time in real estate. It was, I lo- I would do this course all over again tomorrow. So you're happy with your decision? Loved, loved, loved this course. What did you love about it? You're, you're, you're beaming a lot of love about it. What? <laughs> she used to come into student clinic dancing and singing. Like, this is not even what a lie. She it? would literally come in and go, because I'm happy. Like, every day. She was so happy to be there. <laughs> what what made you course. so happy about it? What, what? Uh, I love, first of all, I love learning. So I've never okay. stopped taking courses my whole life. And I love anatomy. I love physiology. I just, and I love science. Like if I was come back in another life, I'd be a doctor, but a sports medicine doctor because right. I, I just love how this human body functions. It's such an amazing machine. And um, yeah, so it was, it was like finally, it was almost like all the courses I didn't get to take in high school and university were finally coming together mm-hmm. and I did a couple of years of university and I was a dance major and an English major mm-hmm. and in dance we had to take anatomy right. and I got a hundred percent on my labs because I, that's how much I loved studying every single bone in the body and the muscles and dissecting the cat and all that sort of stuff so it was just like it just fed my soul what do you prefer formal education or should you just go learn you seem to me that you really like formal education. You like courses. I love both. I read books and do everything on my own as well. Do you so. have a preference between the two? Formal and informal? Well, first of all, I'm not a really good book learner. Mm-hmm. I really learn and absorb by observing and listening. Mm-hmm. And so I can't just pick up science books and learn. Like right. I love being in the classroom because I love hearing somebody at the front of the class speaking. Mm-hmm. Um. That said, there are certain books like all the Tony Robbins and all that. I love the books about how people have overcome challenges. I love all the true stories about human beings. I love mm-hmm. their stories. Like, And it's one of the reasons why I love real estate because I get to meet everybody and then I get to hear their stories, where they grew up and how they met and why they're buying real estate. And then I get to teach them. What are the similarities of massage therapy to real estate? Um. Teaching your clients, I, I think, because when they're on the table and they're going through whatever it is they're going through and they have questions about why this injury occurred or what's happening to the muscle at the time and how it's going to heal, how long it's going to take to heal and what is it I'm doing to help facilitate that. You know, I like the education part all the time. Mm-hmm. And real estate's the same thing. By the time anybody comes to make a decision about real estate, they should know as much about it as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think informing people gives knowledge is power. So what made you decide to go inactive? Yeah. So what you were practicing for how long then? So about a year, year and a half, maybe two years. Part-time? Part-time, yeah. I, 
because I didn't want to lie anymore about how many people I was treating when I was filling out my oh, form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how could I prove how many files I had actually completed this year? Oh, you know what? Let me just do an act. What do you what do you think of that? The minimum number of hours required to well, you can maintain your license even if you don't have the minimum minimum number of hours, but then you'd have to do some sort of upgrading and take courses and blah. The college, the college will direct you. Like, you're going to need a refresher course on this, this, and this, this, which to me is kind of weird because just because I got 500 hours in the three previous years doesn't mean I know any of this shit that you're telling me to take a course exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> it's frustrating for me because my entire life, I am so in massage therapy like it's my entire life i've got a massage therapy podcast we own a continuing education company where all we teach is continuing ed for manual therapists we run the canadian massage conference we are you know we have a massage massage therapy all i do is fucking massage my entire life is massage and i do treat but i treat super part-time now and so yeah i'm at the point where betty was where i'm trying to count and make sure that i at least get the minimum number of hours. And it's actually really hard with all the other things I'm doing. Right. It's really hard to no, fit all those hours in. Just declare you don't have it. Take the fucking course and do that every year. <laughs> if I don't have time <laughs> to get the well minimum hours in, you think I have fucking time to take a course? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> about another 10 years when the girls are older. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting because exactly. other colleges don't necessarily operate. Like the College of Kinesiologists, you have to have 1,500 hours in the three previous years, but it doesn't have to be all clinical. It doesn't have, it, it, it could be, it could be anything. Educational. Yeah, and everything that you're doing related well, to it. That's what I mean. You guys would probably be exempt. I mean, you know, this is a really good case for exemption under these rules. I feel like it should be, but also the college doesn't like us, so I don't think so. Doesn't, doesn't like <laughs> Why don't they like you? Listen to us. You're so likable. Oh, thank you, Betty. <laughs> I feel like you have to say that because we met when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> and travel to Ireland. And oh, I got in trouble when I traveled with uh, her. Though she I believe it. I know. I <laughs> we probably were, yelled we were, at her for the same thing. She, he did. You know how much shit I got from him because we had only been dating two months when we I took that trip with you. I didn't give you shit. I just I just reminded you. Were you were not happy. I just reminded you. This is how people die. All right, we were a little irresponsible. But, when anyway. we but were wait young. a second. Were you with Catherine the night before when I couldn't find her and I was freaking out calling hospitals and then a client of mine who's a police officer looking for her? Are you talking about in Ireland? No. The night before we're leaving for Ireland. Oh, no, I lost her, too. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> you called me, too. <laughs> anyway, for those of you who didn't know, the reason that uh, Betty did end up here is we've known each other a long time. I'm friends with her youngest or sorry, her second daughter. There's three daughters. I'm friends with the middle daughter. And when we were younger, we got in a lot of shit together. We were we were a little bit out of control. <laughs> I'm all grown up now. I don't do that shit. Okay. So part time for a couple of years. And then what makes you decide? Fuck it. I just got busy. I, I, yeah. And I really do know that I need to be out and about running around and not in four walls. And I can't keep, it was the, the routine of the same body over and over again. I really enjoyed what I did do. I think I prefer people who are injured in like a 30 minute massage. Mm -hmm. Um, so that I can stay focused on just the injuries. And then move on to the next body because it's that whole ADD, ADHD kind of thing. Were were you able to show up the same a year and a half later than your first day working for yourself? Or did it suffer the more you're in these four walls and you're like, "Eh, I'm getting kind of bored. It's not my jam. For me, I didn't show up the same way. I won't lie about it. I didn't show. I didn't care. I didn't care. That's one of the reasons why I had to go inactive. I yeah. If somebody care. was looking for a relaxation massage, I would start to go cross-eyed. Like, you know, mm. when you're driving too long and you get really tired and the road starts crossing, <laughs> <laughs> I would be like trying not to yawn and, right. and fall asleep during a the relaxation. Longest hour in the world right there. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's not what I was there for. But eventually possibly still the dreams of having a clinic. I mean, you still have your laser machine. You still have your laser machine. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you work on like friends and family and yourself, your own injuries with that. Larry and I treat ourselves all the time. He broke his ankle in January. So we've been, I've been treating him a week before the wedding. My ankle was swollen. Like I must've sprained it somehow, did nothing, but that's the way my body works. It just shows up broken at times, been lasering it. Um, And the usuals. Yeah. You know, epicondylitis and all Would it be great easy things. to turn down the volume on real estate for you? Would that be an easy thing to do? It's not easy for me to do that. Yeah. Um, I would have to give somebody my phone uh-huh. and not have it. 
I, I don't know. Are you addicted to the work? I love She's the addicted people. to helping people. I I'm love not, the people. I'm not kidding you, Mark. Before Why you came you? in here, she was Why? dealing with four different clients slash friends fires. Why do you not like, her own. Why do you like helping people so much? What happened to you as a child that you like helping people so much? So it's interesting. So in, in one of the many, many courses I've taken over the years, mm. um, w- one of the questions is, what is miss- missing in the social commons that has you... Um, fulfilling that mm-hmm. and maybe it's like middle child syndrome you know not feeling like um my emotional like i don't know feeling like alone i never want anyone to feel like they're out there alone doing it on their own okay. so it's a really important for people to feel supported and loved and helped and you know it, part of my identity is just to make sure that people are taken care of and I, it helps me feel needed. So it so fulfills. It's not like it feels. I, I like to think it's selfless, but, but it's fundamentally, not. right? There's whenever no, we give, there is no selfless. There is a self fulfillment in the in right. the giving, right? But I just it feeds my soul. Hmm. Yeah. Why do you like to help? You like to help too. I don't get it. I don't know if I have an answer as eloquent as Betty's, other than. Yeah, when I see somebody who like I know that I could do something to just make their life a little bit easier, I can't just watch somebody do struggle. You, do you ever help to the point of it's detrimental to you? Hundred percent. Yes. And you know you do that. Yes. Yes. And you still willingly do it. I take courses to help stop myself from doing that. Huh. I mean, you know this. There's certain people in my life that I've had to, I, Betty and I were just talking about this before you came in, but that I've had to say like, this is not mine. This is not my stress. This is not, I mean, Mark's fa- famous, not my monkeys, not my circus. It's hard for <laughs> Thanks, me to say Dory. that. But when it gets to a point where I am suffering to try to make sure somebody else is okay, I'm getting better at stepping back because to help somebody, they also have to want to be helped and they have to actually be willing to make steps with you. You can't like, I can't drag somebody. It's, it's, it can't happen. Does the reaction to the help? How do I want to say this? After you help someone, if they feel, if, if you feel like they didn't even give a shit, does that bother you? Or, or do you feel like, yeah, that was, I tally that down in the good job category. I did good. And I feel good about myself. Well, it's interesting. It's not that I, I don't, I've never felt that, but sometimes when people ask for help or they're telling you their problems and you're giving, you know, valid solutions or you that you feel these are the steps that need to be taken and then they're arguing about why they can't be taken, Mm -hmm. then I will just call them out and say, if you want to just complain about it, then just tell me that before you speak to me. But if you want to actually take steps to for solutions, then tell me that. Because I need to know what direction to go in. Am I a sounding board? Do you just need to vent? That's okay too. It's a very handy communication tool. Mark will tell you when we talk sometimes, I will actually, because if I'm coming to complain or vent, I will tell him, because he's a solution guy, 100%. Whenever I go to him, he's got all the answers. But there's some times where I'm like, I don't want any answers. I feel like bitching right now. It doesn't happen a lot. You know, every three weeks or so, just let me have a few minutes to get angry irrationally and then I'll be okay. But I will literally say to him before he gives me any solutions, I'm like, I don't need help right now. I just, I'm in a bad mood and I need to complain. And then I'm done. Yeah, definitely Sarah, my third child, has learned that technique. I'm just calling you to vent, don't speak. Mm. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I too want to give advice and solutions and talk everybody off the ledge. You just need to know what your role is. And then, not my monkey, not my zoo, is the best saying I have learned ever. Do you ever feel like that that person is just like, or do you ever have the thought like, what are you fucking calling me for? Like I give solutions, like go, go find the other person to do the listening. No, I think part of it is also because I think I actually have the answers. So I feel like you should be calling me. (laughs) There's, there's a certain amount of arrogance involved, right? So, you know, I'm Google. I got the answers just, uh, but no, rarely, rarely do I feel like you shouldn't be calling me. Yeah. The older I get, the more I I don't want to help someone that I feel just wouldn't give a shit about me anyway. Well, why are they in your life anyway? So why would they be calling you? Just because of the nature of what, what we do here, there's just a lot of people around all the time. Right. Right. And there's a, there's a, and some of the people around, they just don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about me, but they're happy to use you for whatever they can get. We had a name for those in school. What was the name? They're users. They're users. 
<laughs> and I used to I used to openly take on the user. I used to probably not even put any thought to that they are a user. And now I'm I think it's just cuz I'm an old fucking fart. But you have so many responsibilities. You run a company, you know, you have children, you have a wife. Yeah, Yeah, you pick and choose now who you dedicate your time to and put your energy into. But now it's like I can almost pick it out. You just, you don't fucking care about me. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, like I don't even care what you have to say when I realize like you don't care about me and you'll forget about me two seconds later. Like now your opinion just doesn't even matter. Yeah. What What do I know? Yeah. That's a age growth and development thing. Yeah. Love getting older and learning stuff all the time. Do you think you can teach this to young folk? Teach which part? The, this stuff, this stuff that I'm now discovering. Do you think? Do you think you can teach this to somebody and they'll take it on and they'll go, okay, I can kind of, I can. Or is it one of those things where it's, you can't get there until you've paid the dues of being older? And well, that's, that's that's what gets you into the door. But I at least tell them that, like, you're yeah. going to learn this as you get older. But I'm going to tell it to you now. Yeah. And you may not get it until for a long time. Yeah. And it's like that thing about our perception of age changes as we get older. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the teachers who we thought were ancient when we were teenagers were 30. Oh, you mean yep. the ones that I party with at <laughs> yeah. daughter's parties? Yeah. And you thought they were old when you were in yeah. school yeah. and, and you uh. can't figure out how they're still alive because they should be like 100 now. Right. According yep. to our perception of how old they look when we were in it's school. It's actually funny because when I was in high school, I didn't really think that. I always thought, I wasn't a fan of most of my teachers, but then I chalked it up to like, this fucker is like only nine years older than me. Like he's just a Yahoo <laughs> yes. like I am. Like, do you know what yes. I mean? Like the gym teacher who's who's doing whatever and, and the chemistry teacher who's banging the English teacher. I'm like, they're just fucking like, they're just older versions of me. And it's the elementary school. I was like, oh, you guys are old. Oh my gosh. And like the discovery, especially in your 30s when you realize what your mother did raising all of you. And it's like, holy crap. Like I look at my mom today going, man, you were good. I mean, she was here without any family support from Ireland on her own. Difficult husband, four kids, girl, girlfriend. Amazing. There's times where I will like laugh with my mom. So you always hear this, like we went through the period where I was a teenager where, you know, we were just on each other's nerves all the time. And then like in my 20s, it kind of became okay. And now here I am smelling 40 and I call my mom every day and she's like, what do you want? I'm like, nothing. Why don't you want to talk to me? Like I just call her. But now we'll joke about like, I'll say to her, man, I'm like, how did you not actually kill me? Like, how did you not? Because now that I'm raising my own children, I'm like, oh, that is annoying. Okay. All right. I really, I don't even remember what the post said, but I posted something on Instagram the other day about our children are raising us. Mm. You sent it to me in a private message. I'll be able to find it. Yes, you sent it to me. It was good. I'm going to find it and read it. You know, I I tend to go around collecting daughters and I have another one (laughs) living at my house right now. (laughs) I was one of those. Yes. And, um, you know, young girls are very teachable. And if, if, and that's usually why they like to hang out. Do you find that people just don't, when, when I, when I look back at everyone that I thought was wise about something and then I get to be the age that they were when I thought they were wise, I just realized like no one knows anything. Everyone exactly. is, everyone is just fucking it. wigging it. Just winging it. it. So yeah. do you, in retrospect, think your massage therapy instructors were just fucking winging it because in the moment you're probably like this cat knows what they're talking about oh they're so smart (laughs) yeah oh my god yeah (laughs) like the massage guru god and now when you're out of it and and you've been working for a bit are are you are you are you upset at the idea like that fucker just was winging everything well he's human (laughs) you know like you find out that we're all just friggin' human and that person in authority is actually just the guy you know having a beer yeah and getting drunk somewhere it's it's perception is so strange as it changes when the when the glass shatters like that or is it just just life to you you're like eh. or is a part of you dies when the, <laughs> when the glass shatters no 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 it's just like it's a relief and a revelation to go oh they're human <laughs> okay so i'm human they're human and i can aspire to be something so interesting so. being a massage therapist 48 when you started school yeah I forget, by the way, that she was the young mom. Like, you are significantly younger than my mother because you were a young mom. I was 18. Yeah. So when 
when you started massage school and I was like, you know, a full grown adult that was married and like going to be starting a family, I like thought you were so much older. Now you're saying you're 40. I'm like, wow, you actually were very young when you started massage school. But you perception. Were like, yeah, perception. You were mom, right? So right. you must be you must be old. But no, you were not. <laughs> Do you think that makes you a better therapist that you got into it later with a certain amount of life experience and I'm not taking away any young folks life experience, especially if you had a hard one, but do you think that makes you a better therapist because you just arrive with, uh, with just more worldly knowledge? What I think makes a better therapist is somebody who understands pain, like who has experienced it. Mm -hmm. So I, it's why I try to seek out people who have athletic backgrounds mm -hmm. or dance backgrounds who've been physically active. Um, and then who have also gotten a lot of massages themselves. I started getting massages when I was like 24. Right. So I know how it feels and then it made more sense. So it's really not about the age so mm -hmm. much as the life experience. I mean, you have to know what a sore back feels like and then knows what it feels like to make it better. Like if you've never felt the pain or muscle pain, if you've never worked out, if you've never had sore muscles, how do you know what it's going to feel like to touch them and make them feel good? Did you practice when you were practicing? It's such a stupid question, but it isn't a stupid question in my mind. When I was in school, did I practice outside of school? When you were in school, you ate it up. So you practiced a lot and you did exchanges and all the rest of it, right? When you were working because you had the full-time gig and then this part-time gig, did you practice? Like, I always I, I always think about this as, and I've said this before on the podcast, massage therapists, like everybody else really, just kind of, most people, I shouldn't say everybody else, just kind of goes to work. I go to work. I just show up and I do my job, right? Versus an athlete. You're an athlete. You had to spend time in the gym training. You had to spend time practicing. You, you did the 10,000 hours to get to a certain level of you know expertise. And I don't know if massage therapists put in the time. And I don't consider just doing the job putting, putting in the, the time. time. So, and it's probably also one of the reasons why I parked the license. Mm. Because I also agree that if you're not doing it, you're losing, you know, my stamina, my muscle stamina in my hands and stuff like that. But also the technique, like I just didn't feel as smart as I did. Mm -hmm. Like I know, so I, I do party favors. Like I go to, I go to, you know, functions and gatherings and somebody goes, oh, my neck. And I'm like, oh, here, let me do this. And right. I do get to do it for five minutes. And they're like, oh, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> they have no expectation of any yeah. expertise, right, but right, right. they're really grateful. It's yeah. like, so, um, yeah, part of it was uh, I was starting to question my own confidence and ability to do it full time and actually as a licensed person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got to keep doing that's, it that's just really, like anything. It's really self-aware, man. Cause there's probably a whole bunch of therapists that have, you know, a knowledge base that's slowly slipping away and they're not even mindful that it's slipping away just because maybe the environments that they work in, that doesn't, it doesn't demand that you, that you hang on to this certain level of knowledge at all time. It's kind of a shame. But you guys have the, the continuing edu education courses that you have to take. So, I mean, if they're going to do their license, they are required to at least do some sort of knowledge-based well, stuff. Well, the college has changed. You can really get away with not doing much. The college has changed well, around a, a, a lot. So before when they had 30 credits in three years, and even still at that time, the, the credits didn't have to come from con form or continuing education. You could just, as long as you educate I read a somehow. book. Exactly. I conferred but, but with most, peers. But most mm. people would have just gone, I'm going to take a course route because it's just way easier. I pay my money, I take a course, I guarantee this many hours, therefore I'm guaranteed this many credits. And it's just, I, it's a no brainer. I don't have to think about it. But now it's even worse because there is no cycle. Right? There is no continuing education cycle. The quality assurance program, they've changed around the quality assurance program so much that it's all based on your self-assessment yep. and you score yourself on the self-assessment tool and based on where you recognize that you're poor in knowledge or understanding, then it's kind of your responsibility to bring yourself up and then you have to create all these action plans and goals for what you want to do. And th that doesn't necessarily mean anyone does anything, God, to be honest horrible. with you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, maybe I made the right choice. <laughs> okay, no more clinic for me. <laughs> I'm not coming back.
I'll just buy my laser therapy machines. I don't think I need to be regulated for that. Hey, listen, you can still open a multidisciplinary clinic. You can have your machines. You can manage everybody, but you don't have to be a practicing therapist. That is the goal. I always just wanted to have it and have a bunch of massage therapists that massage the way I like to have my massage. So Mm -hmm. I always had a team at my disposal. See, (laughs) you would do active interviews (laughs) and it would make sense because you're looking for people who you want to to treat you. Yeah. Right out of school, no experience, and then I can mold them. Ah, it's the dream. That is the dream. (laughs) I need dreams. I got none of those. What's it been like having your own clinic, like doing what you guys do? What's it been like? It's weird because I I spend a lot of hours doing things and sometimes a very small amount of time it actually feels like work. And it's weird because I feel I have to convince myself like this is actually work. It's weird to think when I say it like this is going to sound odd. It feels like I make shit up and people buy it because that's basically what I do. Um, but, but you're not but making the, it up. Well, it comes I, when, from when knowledge. I, when I say making it up, I mean like there's 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 no there's no blueprint. Well, let's create a let's create a, a a digital platform called Massage Therapy Media. There's no blueprint. We just made that just shit up. It. Right? Where we have a digital magazine and we have like this Netflix thing with all these videos for she massage. She doesn't even and know. Blah, blah, blah. Like I'm an editor like, of a digital magazine. Like, like, like we just we just That's we just, crazy. We pull that shit out of the sky. We're like, what hole is there in this industry that we can probably fill? Oh, everyone's into Instagram and videos and blah blah blah. We can we can we can make these videos, educational videos, entertainment videos, educational videos. We can bring massage and MTV together. And that's cool. And then we just created it. And then people buy it. Like that's, that's amazing. So it's it's odd. It's odd. And I pinch myself every once in a while. Like like I I've told the story before. I'm I'm posting in the middle of the night on Instagram. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm working." I'm like, "I'm po- I'm, I'm working." This is a beautiful this, thing. This right? is work, right? So so cool. It's, it's 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 strange what we do. Congratulations on what you've built. It is phenomenal. So proud of it's, you guys. It's, it's weird. It's weird because I don't. I don't know. I think I just have a different view on. You just have to acknowledge yourself, Mark. I like being part of the backdrop. When people come and take a Con Ed course, Continuing Education Institute, they're like, "Hey, do, do you do you own this joint?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." But she's like, "Don't don't tell anyone." You know, like I'll only say it if someone like flat out asks me. Other than that, I'm just like, I'm just like even when I answer the phone, <laughs> is the owner of the business here? No, he's not here right now. Can I take a message? <laughs> I like being part of the backdrop. I think we do good shit for 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 a, a certain population of people that 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 dig our stuff. I think yeah. we fill a nice void for for the massage therapist who wants it a little gritty, who doesn't need it all the time stuffy and professional and buttoned up and tie. I think we I think we 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 give something to those people because. They're just regular folk, and we're just regular folk, and we just do shit, and they happen to like it. Rough around the edges. Yeah, we're it's it's just rough around the edges. Rough around the edges is our that, brand. that's like that's like our brand. You're we, down we, to earth. Yeah, yeah. And there's and I think there's a big there's a big hole in our whole industry that craves just down to earth, not someone that is always careful about what they're going to say. And blah, I think blah, there's blah, also blah. a hole of just craving information, like just ongoing, real, in depth knowledge and treatment because fundamentally I think most massage therapists want to get into and to do good work they have a calling to take care of people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they just want to make sure they're doing the best job they can well I will say I think Sam Jarman uh, said it best talking about you and talking about himself himself. he was talking about himself but I think he could describe you as well he just said I don't consider myself special I don't consider what I do to be special anyone Anyone can do do it it. I've just chosen to do it so Sam is opening up a school and we were like what you're opening up a school why would you that seems like a lot of work and he's like nothing I'm doing is special anyone could do it and I mean when it comes to what Mark and I have done here with the continuing ed company with the podcast with massage therapy media anyone could do it nobody's gonna want to do it because all we do is freaking work but anyone can do it there's nothing that we're as you said we're not actually making things up this is all coming from real knowledge and filling a void when I say making things up I'm talking about the creative yes of course but I mean it's not we're not just selling crap. We're the reason that it works is because we're selling something that people want and we're doing it in a way that's 
a little bit different because we are not looking at it as we are special, we're gurus, we know have, know everything. It's just here's something that we we like, you might find it interesting and people do. Yeah. And when you use the term we we're making up shit. Yeah. It sounds like snake oil. Yeah, it does. But in fact, you are not making up No, I'm not pulling something that is false not, or not exactly. true. I'm not I'm not You I'm are not. creating. Yes. That's that's what I mean when I say I'm just I'm I'm just doing this creative part when and and there's no blueprint for the creative part. It's just let's try it and see what happens. Which is phenomenal. You know what it is? I think a lot of I think I think too many no, I don't want to say too many people. A lot of people are 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 only in for the effort because of the return. And when you don't see the return, then what's with the effort? Well, that's versus, why people fall me, off. That's why the consistency exactly. isn't versus there. Versus me, I'm long game. Yeah. I'm like, we'll do shit now. And it's a lot of work. And it's probably going to cost me a lot of money right now. And But if I, if I plant this fucking seed and I water it and I talk to these plants, they'll fucking grow into these awesome weed plants that I can pick and smoke later, right? What, you know I, what, I, mean? what I really got from you when we were in school um, was just how passionate you are about this industry. Like your knowledge and expertise and how much you loved it, what came through in your teaching. Is is as critical as I sound about all this stuff and a lot of it is I just I just talk shit. I just talk off the fucking cuff, right? I don't know how much I mean by any of this stuff. But but I'm actually really grateful for all these different groups. Like even though the association probably wants nothing to do with us, I'm grateful for the work they do because guess what? I would never want to fucking do that. I don't want to be a board member. I don't want to do any part of that job. It's very dry. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Right? And I'm happy that someone wants to. I may be critical of the CMTO and everything else, but you know what? At the end of the day, wouldn't want to be the registrar. Exactly. Wouldn't want to be a council member. Wouldn't want to have anything to do with that. So, yeah. What do I know? Everybody plays a role. I like this. This was good. Yeah. Thank you for coming and hanging out on such short notice. Well, thank it you was, for asking. This was fun. It was just such a funny phone call today. I just called her as I'm getting our youngest daughter ready to go to camp. And I'm like, hey, You're you want to be you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of fun. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace.